0: This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Northwestern Energy will resume construction of a natural gas power plant along Montana's Yellowstone River after a state judge reversed himself and revived a pollution permit for the project. Work on the $250 million plant near the town of Laurel was halted in April when Judge Michael Moses canceled its permit. He said officials had failed to consider adequately the 23 million tons of greenhouse gases it would emit over several decades. But Moses reversed his order late Thursday. The judge cited, quote, a changing legal landscape that includes a new state law that eliminated the requirements for state officials to look at climate impacts from emissions. The plant is expected to begin serving customers sometime next year, according to Northwestern spokesperson Jody Black. It would ensure enough electricity is available at times of high demand, such as hot days or cold nights. State lawmakers have overridden two more of Governor Greg Gianforte's vetoes dealing with the embattled Montana State Hospital. The poll results released by the Montana Secretary of State's office showed 106 of the 150 members of the legislature voted to overturn the governor's veto of House Bill 29. Senate Bill 4 likewise cleared the required two-thirds hurdle with 111 votes. Both took different angles at attempting to resolve some issues uncovered at the state hospital in Warm Springs, one by admissions practices and another by making abuse and neglect reports available to patient advocates. Both HB-29 and SB-4 were products of bipartisan construction done during the time between legislative sessions from the children's, families, Health, and Human Services Interim Committee. That's after repeated failures at the state hospital to maintain the health and safety of its patients, and it lost the federal funding for its facility. Last year, lawmakers noted after a tour that patients had been piled in the rooms like cattle. The bill gives the Department of Public Health and Human Services until the middle of 2025 to transfer patients out of the facility in Warm Springs and into community placements. The Governor's administration testified against the bill at each opportunity, contending HB 29 did not accommodate patients' needs and gave a timeline too rigid for the DPHHS. Still, 140 of the 150 lawmakers voted to approve the bill in the session, then Gianforte vetoed it. Now law, HB 29, requires a legislative advisory committee be assembled to oversee the transfer of certain patients out of the state hospital. No one voted against SB carried by Billings Democratic Senator Jen Gross during the legislative session. That bill was an accountability measure to ensure that federally designated advocacy group Disability Rights Montana had access to abuse and neglect reports from Montana State Hospital. The state's two-year-old compensation program for wrongfully convicted individuals will end in July after an override of Governor Gianforte's veto of House Bill 423, failed. The bill, carried by Representative Amy Regeer, the Republican from Kalispell, sought to continue the program beyond its July 1st sunset. It was established at the program's inception in 2021 to require lawmakers to re-examine the process. Lawmakers opted to keep the program intact, approving changes to remove Counties from the payout equation to avoid costly litigation. Gianforte rejected that change, arguing that letting counties off the hook would only require the state to pay more for future police and prosecutor misconduct. Another bill has failed in an attempt to override the governor's veto. House Bill 37 would require a court to issue a warrant before a child is removed from their parent by Child Protective Services unless it's an emergency. It got 60 votes in the House and 37 in the Senate, but that's three votes short of the two-thirds threshold. The bill passed the State House in the session at 92 to 8 and ultimately cleared the full Senate 41 to 9. Eleven of Governor Greg Gianforte's vetoes still await override polls conducted by the Secretary of State's office. Each of those bills received a two-thirds vote during the session, triggering the poll. Legislators have 30 days after a veto to override the governor's objections. As of Thursday, Senate President Jason Ellsworth still had not transmitted several key bills to the governor, including the $14.4 billion state budget. Many of the federal, state, and tribal representatives of the Interagency Bison Management Plan described this past winter's hunt of Yellowstone National Park bison, the deadliest winter for 15 years, as a success. But the biannual meeting showed there's still disagreement when it comes to managing the animals. Quote, it was the hardest winter in over a decade. at Yellowstone National Park Superintendent Cam Scholle. Chris Jeremia, the senior bison biologist at the park, told the Daily Montana that new data showed there were 1,551 bison lost this winter from Yellowstone herds. To start last winter, there were just more than an estimated 6,000 bison in the Yellowstone population, a 27% increase since 2020, mostly in the northern herd that includes about 4,400 bison. That's because of warmer and less snowy winters the past two years. The same report recommended removing 800 bison this past winter. At last fall's meeting, there was disagreement about whether 800 or 1,100 bison should be removed. Only 50 bison were removed during the 2021-2022 to winter, including 13 that were harvested outside the park boundaries. The park did capture 1,213 bison this winter to prevent them from leaving the park and released 837 of them back into the park in April. Another 282 were quarantined for the Bison Conservation and Transfer Program that sends animals to tribal lands once they are proven free of brucellosis. Another 88 were sent to the Confederated Salish and Kootenai Tribes for a program to feed tribal families. Those bison were slaughtered. Another 200 remain at the Stevens Creek Holding Facility, according to park rangers. The Nez Perce tribe harvested 417 bison. The natural resource chairman, Quincy Ellenwood, said showed respect for the ancestors and benefited the tribe. Montana hunters took 75 bison this winter, according to the FWP. The precipitation in eastern Montana this past week is better than the alternative, according to Rebecca Kohlner with the Montana Farm Bureau Federation. It's better than nothing. It's certainly better than a drought, according to Colner. Last June at this time, 95% of Montana was experiencing dry conditions compared to 49% now, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. This past week, no parts of the state were in extreme or exceptional drought, 13% and 4% lander, respectively. More than 30 outfitters, guides, lodge owners, and anglers have submitted an emergency request to Montana Governor Greg G. and to immediately employ, quote, the full engagement and all available resources under your authority as Governor to both investigate this crash and help us develop solutions before it's too late. The crash refers to the precipitous decline in wild trout population, for which the Big Hole River is internationally famous. Matthew Clewart's research shows recent data from three sections of the 153-mile river show the fewest number of brown and rainbow trout since data was first collected in 1969. The numbers have plummeted from a healthy 2,000 to 3,500 trout per mile to only a few hundred. And the worst seems yet to come, according to the research, because of the extreme lack of juvenile trout that biologists were able to locate during their fish surveys. When the river's flow drops to a trickle of warm water, it forces both the larger fish and juveniles into a few deep, cooler holes, but then, quote, the big fish eat the little fish. No little fish means no big fish in the near future, and that brings the on the ongoing tragedy that has prompted the plea to g 40 for emergency action. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRTDB db webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide, with listeners in now 50 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, three Native American nations, and 31 countries on six continents. We also post expanded versions of our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.